get ready to ride Russ and the rest are gonna light up the sky off the field mm -hmm. he started his tuesday just like any other tuesday announcing that he and sierra are having their fourth child i know then russ goes out on the field and absolutely lights it up for a fourth straight practice i mean what a day what a day I mean, Russell Wilson, Sierra, she was out there. She looked beautiful. She's glowing. She's plump and perfect. <laughs> um, congratulations to the Wilson family. That is so cool. Congratulations to them. Uh, but yeah, what was more impressive, because I mean, them having a fourth kid, like impressive, but like not shocking. Uh, <laughs> what was more impressive, I think, was his day today. And I know we'll get into details on that, but it really was a, an impressive fourth day. Yeah, it certainly was. And let's just jump into it right away. Let's uh, figure out how back is Russ. And for another day, I think we're seeing a little trend here. He's definitely trending upwards. Oh, like yes. It. He, how upward, though? Oh, wow. Russell Wilson was Russell Wilson today. And kind of, I mean, it's fitting that it's Russell Wilson because... It was kind of vintage Russell Wilson form today. Now, we had some injuries in practice, which we'll get to in the second, and that might have actually changed Sean Payton's plan for this practice because the Broncos, when they dove into team period, mm -hmm. they started doing it walkthrough-wise. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I haven't seen this before in the first 11 practices. They're in full pads. This doesn't make sense. I thought, oh, no, are they just going to do walkthrough the whole day? But then they started picking it up, and as they started picking it up, Russell Wilson started picking it up. Yeah. Todd, have you seen times where you guys are in full pads and you're out there and you're just kind of doing more of a walkthrough period? Is that normal? No, that's not really normal. Yeah. Um, but like you said, when injuries occur or guys um, are still learning new new offenses or defenses, um, the coaches kind of want to reiterate, you know, whatever they taught us in the meeting rooms. I think the best way to do that is with a walkthrough. Mm. And it seemed like it paid off today. I think Russell Wilson is getting back to himself. Uh, four kids will do that too. You know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta make sure he's earning that money because you know the fourth kid is always uh, the most expensive. So uh, I think he has some pressure on him today. Yeah, I bet, I bet they're uh, fighting for some for some cash right now, right? They're just looking for side gigs, part time gigs. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? I'm sure. Yeah, I bet so, Sierra's gonna join me on the pod here. Yeah, and I are yeah, yeah. Together for some extra Sierra, cash. you're yeah. very welcome yeah. to come on this pod. <laughs> Russ, you as well. Um, do we do we think that uh, Russ is looking to you know give back thirty five million dollars to the Broncos like Aaron Rodgers did two weeks ago? Heck no. Yeah, there's so. no way. <laughs> there ain't no way, as I would like to say. Um, there's no way he would give any money. I wouldn't if I was in his position. Um, he's worked hard, didn't have the best year last year, but I've done enough through my career. Uh, I'm not giving away any money. No, yeah. you, you, you earned that money and all the guaranteed money because, as Todd, as you know, and players know, it's a business. Yep. Teams, when, it, when it's not working well for them and they can cut you, they're going to do that. So why would you help the team out yep. if you have that guaranteed money? It, you rarely see it. That's why I was shocked to see Aaron Rodgers do that. 
Patrick Mahomes is now saying that he's going to work with the Chiefs and kind of do the Tom Brady thing, but mm. uh, that's disgusting. We don't want to hear that. What, what we do want to do want to hear is if Russell Wilson gets back to Russell Wilson form, then he's worth the two hundred and fifty million dollar contract that the Broncos gave him. The worst case for the Broncos is that they pay him. He doesn't take a discount mm -hmm. and he plays anywhere like he did last year. But we're not really seeing that trend happen over these past few practices. No, not right now. He's looking authentic, vintage Russell Wilson as of late. Um, I really liked that scramble play today where he connected with Marvin Mims. That was probably my favorite play of the day. Again, looking through from Egypt through a few different walls uh, of people, but it was an absolute beauty. So I think he's starting to really feel it. I think the offensive line is starting to feel it a little bit more today as well. Um, obviously, we'll get to those injuries later in the show, um, but Isaiah Prince, he had a good day. He did. He certainly did. Let's just go through Russell Wilson's okay, day let's do it. to give the listeners an idea of exactly where Russ is because you mentioned it. The Marvin Mims play stole mm. the mm -hmm. show, and that is just vintage <laughs> Russell Wilson. But he started off a little bit shaky in fact the first play um was just a classic pat sertan pass breakup oh, yeah. it was off a of boot so russ is rolling right mm -hmm. jerry judy's coming from the left side of the field all the way across to the right would have been a five yard completion russ throws a bullet in there and pat sertan's just in smothering coverage times his arm perfectly breaks up the pass it's like really not much that russ could do there although he could have hit, there was a tight end, I think it was Troutman, mm -hmm. who was like one yard down the field. Would have been a completion, only one yard. Maybe it was worth the gamble, but starts with an incompletion. But really, you're just like, damn, Pat Sertan's that guy. I mean, that's what you expect from him. Uh, whether you're watching him in team play or one-on-one, or -on -one, I think um, I haven't seen him get beat a lot this year. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think I expect to see it throughout the regular season. Um, he's a smothering corner. Um yeah, I like what I see. Yeah, yeah, let's just say 49th on the NFL's top 100 is not a good spot for him. No. I think he should have been top 20 at least. So. In fact, yeah, you had an issue with that. You brought that up I to did. practice today. I know. I have a big issue with it because Alabama put out the list of their of all of their top 100 players. And the people that, I mean, no offense, no disrespect. Well, but sounds the, like some, of the, some of the some people disrespect. that he's behind, I'm like, oh, when you put it like that, he's what, the sixth or seventh uh I think Alabama player, player, yeah. mm -hmm. player on the list. So, I so just here it is. Let, let's go through this. You guys, you guys tell me if Russ should be above these people. Pat. J oh, yeah. Pat. Pat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Russ after last year, probably not. Uh, Pat. Jalen Hurts. Should Russ be above him? That's a tough one. But yes. Yes. Because <laughs> they've got Jalen Hurts. Not one. Not two. They have Jalen Hurts checking in at three mm. on this list. And this is the NFL Top 100. And, Todd, you know the NFL Top 100 better than all of us. Anytime we talk about the NFL Top 100, we always say how kind of BS it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because you want to take us through the process? What happens? Well, I mean, everybody votes, but I, I think some votes are weighed more than others. And I think that it's really like a popularity contest. It's like mm -hmm. running for president in mm -hmm. middle school. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't think guys are really given the exact credit need. I think Justin Simmons has been snubbed year yeah. after year on the list. And I think, you know, Pat is just another Broncos DB that's getting the short end of the stick. And if I remember right, the way that this the, that it happens is people from the NFL come to locker rooms. Mm -hmm. And when you guys are just hanging out in, in between your meetings and stuff in between practice and they give you a list and it's one through 25, I think. Mm -hmm. And they give you a pen and they say, can you fill this out? Yeah, your top 100. And you're just sitting there with like nothing to prep for. Yeah. 
most of the guys don't like pull up a list of players and yeah. stats and yeah. rankings and all that. They just go, who's sitting next to me? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's Russ next to me. Russ, number one. Justin's right there. Justin, number two. Oh, you know what? I went to college with Todd Davis. Exactly. I'm going to put him number three. And for the most, and I mean, some guys fill out like one through seven. And At then they're most. like, here you go. I'm done. At most. And it's like in the middle of training camp. You just had a two yeah. and a half hour practice. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not ready to think about really honestly think about the top 100 players in the NFL. Like you said, you may fill out six or seven. Um, five of them are your teammates and two other guys. And you just turn handed in. And yeah. so no surprise that a quarterback comes in at number three Patrick Mahomes was one D Justin Jefferson number two actually credit to him for mm -hmm. how good he is to for a wide receiver to be there but then Jalen Hurts a quarterback number three um then at number 18 Minka Fitzpatrick mm -hmm. a guy that was a first round pick then traded for two first round picks so he's really got a lot of national spotlight sure. I'm probably taking Pat above Minka personally Pat should be out of Alabama he should be number one on this list. I think so. Oh, above Jalen. <laughs> yeah, above Jalen. That's the only one I'm okay with, like. Like, when I think of, again, I have the hometown bias of actually, like, watching Pat Sertan put in the work that he does day in and day out, interacting with him. You know how smart he is. Um, and of all the people on the list, we talked about this earlier, Jalen Hurts is probably one of those guys who's putting in an equal amount of work. They All For these sure. guys work hard. But it's just, I think when you – on the field and off the field, I think the player that Pat Sertan is, he's a 10-year vet, and obviously he's in, what, year three? Yep, yep, exactly. I mean, already... It feels like forever. It's not crazy mm -hmm. to say that that he's along the Champ Bailey route yeah. Yeah, right now. Sure. And Champ Bailey, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, and I like the way he makes it look so easy. Like, yeah. a lot of guys struggle out there, one-on-one -on -one coverage, and it's not an easy down by any means. And he makes it look effortless. I think that's... The kind of player you can look at and say he's going to have a long career, a Hall of Fame type career, if he can just stay on this track. And we're talking about in that play that happened, the first play of practice, we're talking about Jerry Judy, a mm -hmm. guy that led the league in yards per separation in his routes last year, and yep. he was just smothering on him. And so like you said, what Pat did, it seemed pretty routine for him. That isn't anything but routine. Not at all. But just, that's just who he is. He just makes it look easy. So yeah. it's a really good point there. And I don't even think we even need to go through the rest of the list no, because you guys are just going to say, no, Pat. He's better than all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so let's continue through Russ's day. Then Russ's next pass, he overthrew Jerry Judy on the right side. He was under pressure. Uh, Caden Stearns came off a blitz, and so Rush kind of hurried it. You still don't want to see an overthrow because uh -huh. he did have a clean enough pocket to throw it. But you're kind of like, okay. 0 for 2, really 0 for 1 mm -hmm. on his mistakes. Um, and you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to see him lose momentum over these past few days. Um, but then the next play, he had um, a completion to Jerry Judy on the right side for five yards. But this one was as close as it gets to an interception without being one. You had Damari Mathis. I thought mm -hmm. it was picked off. Oh, I thought My so jaw too. dropped because I was like, oh, pick. And then I was like, how did he even come up with this ball? Because Damari Mathis, it's going out on the right side. And Damari Mathis reads this, mm -hmm. breaks on it, dives for it. And mm -hmm. typically when a, di a guy dives for it, they're going to break it up or up intercept it. it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And so exactly like Alexis, I was like, oh. Wait, Jerry Judy's turning up field and, and kind of steps out of bounds. So very, very close to an interception. But this is a game of inches. Yes. So it, it, it's not an interception. Jerry Judy comes up with the catch. And I mean, just a bullet from Russell Wilson in order to get it to him. Did you just quote Vic Fangio? 
Did I? I think so. I said Vic. Oh, game, I quoted. Game, game, of, game of inches. Oh, game of inches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Death by inches. Death, death by inches. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. death and a game of inches. Yeah. Go ahead, Todd, I know you're going to chime in. Huh? You were going to chime in. Oh, no. Vic Fangio? No, I don't have nothing to say about Vic <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with where we sit right now with Sean Payton. I will say that. Once it, once he took the music away from your locker that room. That was man, it. I was done. Was right? <laughs> I'm out of here. No. Todd, I, got to say, I thought about that many times the past 24 hours. I just cannot believe that. Vic Fangio took the music away, the pregame music away yeah. from the locker room. I can't believe it. Yeah. Can't believe it. Mm. You wouldn't do that to us, right? Of course not. You know, no. You... In fact, you're here. We need some music before the pod starts next time. Oh, I'm going to get Yeah, there, I see a pretty big speaker right there. We need to get hype. Yeah. So, so it starts. So that was kind of the first team period mm -hmm. after the walkthrough team period. Then we go to red zone, some situational football, which Sean Payton loves. I've seen more situational football in the first 12 practices of training camp yep. than I saw in any other coaches training camp throughout the entire training camp. Sean yep. Payton is all about it. And it's great for us watching it because it's, it's where it really matters. And yep. you're able to tell when you're in the red zone, when you're in a two minute situation, who wins, who loses. And in the red zone, first play, little screen pass uh, to Samaje. Russ put the ball where it needed to. Some people actually thought that it would have gone for like an 18-yard touchdown the way it was set up. I think someone, yeah, I think someone probably would have got no. Samaje. Yeah, um, I think so. Next play, pressure's coming in Russ's face. He throws it away, mm -hmm. which we haven't really seen Russ do much. Typically in the first eight practices he's just been hanging in the pocket mm -hmm. and taking sacks um and then scrambling out of those but he threw the ball away in the red zone that's probably the best time to throw the ball away yep. instead of being backed up to your 26 yard line yeah. then you just start third down from your 18 again i'm okay with that you know if you're under duress uh, you throw the ball away you live to play another down yep. you don't want to take a sack you don't want to have a costly turnover um just live to play the next down so yep. that's a smart decision by him i feel like you know, Sean Payton is definitely coaching him on his decisions mm -hmm. um, and what to do, whether he's under rest. Like, don't panic. Like, that's the worst you can, thing you can do is panic. Just throw the ball away and we'll play another down. Yep, it was, a, it was a vet move there. Yeah, and what's interesting is just thinking about, you know, when we talk vintage Russ, the panicking thing isn't really a thing that we're used to seeing from mm -hmm. Russell Wilson. That was a thing that we were used to seeing last year specifically. So it's nice to see him kind of get back to quick decision-making, throwing it out, and like you said, living to, to play another down. And then he capped off the red zone period with a beautiful touchdown. Take us through it, Alexis. Which one was this? Was this the... Kendall Hinton. Oh, I don't remember the Kendall Hinton okay, one. Hold okay, okay. Well, Walk I'll, me I'll, through this I'll, one. I'll, I'll take us through it. Third and goal from the five-yard line. Oh, I so do another situation this. that Sean Payton had set up. Um, Russell Wilson, Kendall Hinton going from crossing the field from mm -hmm. right to left. Defensive back half step behind Kendall Hinton. And the only place to drop it is Kendall's approaching the left corner of the end zone is just right over his shoulder. He puts it right in the bucket. Kendall comes down with it, falls to the ground, but it's a touchdown. The offense goes crazy, and it was just a perfect mm. pass from Russ where yeah. we've seen Russ kind of miss these touch passes in the first 11 days of camp. This one was as touch as it can be because it has to be high enough to go over the defender, yeah. but it can't go too high because Kendall's running out of room in the corner of the end zone. That's called being in your bag. Like yeah. when you're in your bag, you're in your groove, you're feeling good. You start to make plays like that and you start to put together uh, 
plays that help your team win and touchdowns. And I think that that's that was just him in his bag. I think we love to see more of that. I think he's in a rhythm. He's talking about stacking four days in a row. He's he's fumbling around that bag somewhere. I think he's, <laughs> he's, he's finding it. Yeah, he absolutely is. And that's when it was like, okay, uh-huh. okay, here we go. Russ starting to heat up. And then it's the two-minute situation to end practice. The two-minute situation, he's had four of these so far in camp. And they've been rough. Two of them have been awful. Mm -hmm. I mean, so bad. And two of them have been good, where where he's done what he's needed to do, but not incredible, where they're winning the game. Instead, they're like tying the game on Uh a field goal. And Russ, this is when it was vintage, Russ. And let's break it down play by play after I tell you about Breckenridge Distillery. If Russ is in his bag, he's probably finding a Breckenridge Distillery (laughs) bottle in there from their award-winning bourbon. And one of the reasons Russ specifically might be finding that bourbon is because they've got Broncos bourbon. It's the official bourbon of the Broncos, and they've won so many awards. The World Whiskey Awards They won in 2016, 17, 18, 19, 21, 22, and three times in 2023. They're the four-time winner of Colorado's Distillery of the Year by the New York International Spirits Competition. So not only do the Broncos love them, not only do we love them, but the uh, award winners love them. And if you're in Colorado, of course you can get it, but it's available in all 50 states. We know that a lot of listeners are outside of Denver, so if you want to get it, Go to BreckenridgeDistillery.com to find out where you can get it. That's Breckenridge Distillery. Yep. And if you could bet on distilleries, I would. <laughs> and then, since you can't, you might as well bet on sports on uh, Bet365. Boom. 3-6-5 pioneered uh, the live embedding game. Um, they, they offer the widest range of games available and markets for live embedding. Um, you know, they have over 780,000 events. I don't even know if there's that many sports and games <laughs> to bet on, but if you're betting, you should be doing it with Bet365. And if you use the code DNVR365 um, to sign up, I believe you get 10% off um, signing up. You got to be 21 or older to sign up. That's a must. So Bet365, that's where it's at. Boom. Todd, first ad read? Ooh, I you was like, You nailed ah. it. You nailed we make it. We made it through. It. We made it through. Man, I, you know what? I would have bet on you to make it through. I wasn't so in my bag, but, you know, I'll find it. <laughs> <Yeah. you know. laughs> it, it. I mean, it took Russ, tw- you know, nine days yep. to get in his bag. So we'll give you nine days okay, to, to get in your that. bag. I'm, I'm going to take that. the under, though. I think you hit it before nine days. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh nice. okay. is that a flag? Is that a challenge on that one? Bam, bam, you gonna throw, can you throw it on yourself? Yeah, we might need to throw a challenge <laughs> flag on that one. Yeah, here. <laughs> um, okay, let's set the scene for this two-minute situation. And like we said, in the past two practices, Sean's had two two-minute situations for the offense. This time only one. Russ gets one opportunity. Mm-hmm. Minute 43 seconds left. Broncos offense is down six in the fourth quarter from their own 27-yard line. So they have to go 73 yards, get a touchdown. If they kick the extra point, they win. If they don't, they tie the game. But a field goal won't work here. Minute 43, down six. Todd, as a defensive guy, are you feeling pretty good in that situation? Absolutely. That's a bend but don't break. Uh, We're playing everything top down. Just let them catch in front of us. 
tackle him, run out some clock, you know, be really slow to get up and kind of just let the clock run out. I think as a defense, we feel like we're in a good spot right there. And you know what? That's kind of exactly the good Broncos two-minute drives that they've had over the past few days. That's exactly what the defense have done. Mm-hmm. They, they've, they've bend but haven't broken, and they've done a great job of keeping uh, everything tight, forcing Russell Wilson to throw three-yard outs, and then actually tackling the guys inbounds. Mm-hmm. It's not what you want to see on the yeah. offensive side. You want to see if they're going to stay in bounds. You want to see like a 15-yard gain. Mm-hmm. If they're going to, if it's going to be a short one, you want them to get out of bounds. That's not really what the Broncos' offense has been doing. I don't think that's really how Sean Payton's been drawing it up. Mm-hmm. But this one was pretty picture perfect. Outside of a couple, of the, the first couple of plays, the first play uh, was complete to Marvin Mims for two yards. He did get out of bounds, so it's like. Two-yard gain, not ideal. When you're taking four seconds off the clock, okay, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah, you live yeah. to fight another down. Uh, the next one, I had an incompletion in the flat. Wasn't able to see what actually happened. Yeah, there. I had a, a high pass from Russ. It was he was intended for. It was intended for Javante Williams, but uh, Javante just didn't have the hops for it. Dang, you got those eyes. I know. You got those eyes of from, a hawk from, from there. Egypt. Yeah, that's impressive. So third and eight. This is a. I mean, game's on the line here, essentially. Russ, under pressure, two backup tackles, which we'll get to in a second. Under pressure, Russ does the vintage Russ scramble. Not like he waits in the pocket for Mm. way too long and he would have been sacked. Right when he feels that pressure, he kind of turns his back to the defense, completely escapes the pocket, run into the right side, and he sees Marvin Mims wide open down the right side of the field, throws that moon ball to him, Hits him perfectly in stride. 37-yard completion. Not just picks up a first down. Not just gains a lot of yards, but flips the field as well. So the Broncos are in such a good position here. I believe they call timeout right away. Now you're looking at a minute 20 left. And now the Broncos are on the defense's 34-yard line. Now, Todd, a minute 20 left. Uh, The the offense is on the 34-yard line. How good are you feeling as a defensive guy now? You know, that changes the game. Yeah. You know, because you went from being but don't break, but now it's like, okay, we can't give them anything. Like, we need to break pass breakups. We need to sack to get some time off this clock. Now we're in a different position. Now we're feeling the heat, and we're hoping for a play to go our way. Yep. And, Alexis, that was not only a great play from Russ, but that was Marvin Mims' breakout play of camp? I think so. I think that was his. And he had, a, you know, a couple other plays throughout the day here today that, you know, we were talking about him. Marvin Mims, Mims was on the mind. Um, but that was, I mean, a 37-yard. I wish I had a better angle of what the catch actually looked like. Um, was it over the shoulder? Did he have to slow up? Like, did have you heard anything about he what did, that did, and I actually did see that. Um, he slowed up a little bit. Okay. But it was one of those where... You're better when he's so wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's better for a quarterback to underthrow that totally. a little bit to over. than overthrow it. Yeah. And so I, it wasn't a perfect pass, but I actually think that was probably the right pass. Sean Payton's probably happy with yeah. that pass. But um, so Marvin did kind of turn around and catch it. Yeah, it's exactly what you want to see from a guy, you know, his age coming into the league, mm-hmm. uh, trying to make big plays. Um, the fact that he is, you know, top of mind today is is a good thing. Yeah, really good thing. So first and 10 from the defense is 34. A quick pass to Greg Dulcich for six yards. Mm-hmm. Um, on second down, Russ throws the ball away. Another thing I like to see, <laughs> live to fight another down. Then third and four with 38 seconds left. He hits Jalen Virgil for a first down. 
It's about 15-yard completion, too. So not only getting the first down, picking up to, uh, okay. um, some yards as well. So the Broncos first and 10 from their, the defense's 19, 33 seconds left. Russell Wilson, there's a lot of contact downfield mm-hmm. in the end zone when Russ is looking for Kendall Hinton. Refs weren't out there. Defense has got to like that. So yeah. no flags were thrown. But I think a flag should have been thrown here. Yeah, hey, nobody so was too. there to call it. I'm just saying, you never know. <laughs> I love Todd's always going to have the defenses back, especially since just naturally and Broncos country is going to be pulling for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Todd's going to be like, oh, let's, let's pull for the defense All here. the offensive yeah. guys yeah. were throwing their <laughs> yeah. you know, invisible flags the whole time. Yeah. Well, how many yeah. times does the offensive tackle hold or, every or play. the guard? Every play, every and play. it never gets called. So if a defensive player does it once or twice, you know, nobody saw it. It's okay. I mean, yeah. to, to be fair, Todd, to your point, um, I think it was last Saturday when Russ ended practice with that 47-yard touchdown yep. to uh, um, to Jerry Judy. Judy. Yeah. Fan A fan took video of that and released it. Garrett Bowles is holding big time on that play. If that's called, we're talking about a whole different sort of practice on Saturday. So that's fair. Yeah, it's in his DNA. It's in his name. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love Garrett. Garrett knows I love him. I can say it. Uh, oh. oh, nice one. Here. Only late. about like five seconds Little late. Here. Yeah, it's fine. Let's be quick around that board. <laughs> I got so many things to press. And I just want to press that all the time. I'm bad at this. I'm sorry. The laugh track? I don't know how I feel about the laugh track. Oh, I will never watch a show that has a laugh track. Uh-huh. Except for ours. Tracks. I need that real deal audience where it's like different kinds of laugh because the laugh mm. track is always the same. Right. Yeah. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I need like one guy in the crowd. Ah! And then like all the different types of laughs. That's I mean, the real deal. If I need, if a show needs to tell me when to laugh yeah. by a laugh track. It means it's not funny. Exactly. That, yep. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> funny either oh god never 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 wearing a skirt on the pot ever again okay moving on and you know what wasn't funny for the defense is the next play second down time starting to wind out uh, about 30 seconds left russell wilson hits Cortland sutton mm-hmm. out in inbounds but then he runs out of bounds for five yards so we're looking at 20 seconds left timeout called Th- yep third and five from the 14 no timeouts left um the broncos have the ball in the middle of the field you can get you you can have a completion inbounds and then mm-hmm. run up and spike it obviously it has to be a first down if you're going to do that but time is no longer really on the offensive side so russ looks for the end zone and he finds Cortland sutton in the middle of the field some tight coverage but russ zips the ball in there Cortland comes down with it it's a touchdown the broncos offense gets into the end zone to uh, win in quotes Mm -hmm. 15 seconds left depending on who you're playing maybe the game's over maybe it's not but just a a great way for the broncos offense to cap off a pretty good day going 73 yards in uh, less than a minute and a half and we're talking about uh greg dulcis making plays marvin mims a rookie making plays Cortland sutton who you really need to see step up especially with tim patrick's injury making plays yeah i think this is i mean you talked about a situational offense this is where, you know, you really flip the game in your in your benefit. Whether that's two minutes going into the half, that completely changes the momentum of the game. Now you're coming out the second half, you have all the momentum on offense, and uh, the defense doesn't want to come out because of how you guys are putting things together. And I'm happy for Cortland Sutton. I think um, he's a great player. He's been doubted and spoke down upon these last two years and hasn't really played the best football I know he can play. So for him to start getting active, start catching touchdowns, start having good days, I think is great for the Broncos because they're leaning on him a lot. I think as their leading wide receiver on that team to really make plays. 
when it comes to these situational periods, just wanted to ask you, Todd, is this normal for Sean Payton to have this many situational periods or is this kind of an install thing? It's year one as years go you know, as years go on, are we going to see less and less of these? No, I think um, when I was in New Orleans, I think he did almost just as much of okay. it because it's so important to the game because, you know, the it matters when, uh, you know, the ball's on like the 40-yard line. It matters what you do with it and how you make plays. But those two-minute drills, those red zone periods, that backed up being able to flip the field um, – flip the field on the team, like that's what really changes the game. And you can really look back every game on one or two plays that where teams don't execute uh, in situational offense or defense. So I think that's his bread and butter because if you can execute those, you have a high chance of winning the game. Cool. And one of the most encouraging things about today and about the last few days isn't just seeing it on the field, but we talked to the offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, today, mm -hmm. and he said – over these last few days is when we've really started to make a game like where we're actually now calling the plays in to Russ's helmet from the sideline. We're doing these situations. We're doing a lot of things more game like than the first couple of days of practice where it was more practice like, you know, we're talking to the quarterback on yeah. the field. We're doing substitutions that we typically wouldn't do just to get more guys in. And uh, so if Russ is performing this well, when they've started to go yeah. game like, that's when I'm like, because he's a gamer, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that that's just even more encouraging to me. Yeah. It's like, man, he was struggling when things weren't normal. Now it's game like, and he's really stepping up. Well, and I think what's exciting is the tempo, right? That's a buzzword that we've been hearing all of camp. The tempo, the tempo. They're just trying to be quicker, and the fact that things are moving a lot faster, and uh -huh. Russ is making faster decisions. That's exactly what we need to see. And like you said, I mean, if they're making things game like, and this is what Russell Wilson's looking like. I think Broncos fans can be really, really excited instead of concerned. Yeah, I think so, too. And that tempo is going to play really well for them because as a defense, it's hard. When the yeah. offense is rolling, they're making plays. Now you're six plays into a drive. They're back on the ball. You haven't even got a call yet. You're trying to make a call, trying to line up, and yeah. they're rolling. That's going to be great for them, especially with them wanting to run the ball. Play action is going to catch a lot of people um, on their heels and really play well for them, I think. Hmm. So Justin Simmons hasn't been out here the days that Russell Wilson has been hot. Todd, I want to get your opinion on how important that is, how much we should read into that, not read into that, after I tell you about our friends over at Kind Love, where Kinda. Kind Love, you might be celebrating Russell Wilson's uh, putting some days together by checking out our friends over at Kind Love, and they have the Turbo Joint, which you know it. It has that new technology that is just going to boost up your product and your experience. And they've got that turbo quartz, turbo joints, and kind love flower are sold in more than 100 stores around the state. You can actually visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. And if you mention the code DNVR, you're going to receive 25% off all kind love flower pre rolls and that turbo joint line. You can visit them online at kindlove.com. So check them out, Cherry Creek. North Denver or kindlove.com and use that code DNVR or scan the QR code on our screen. I was going to try to think of some like catchy way to, to <laughs> make kind love and Bacchus and Shanker like correlate, but I got nothing. All I need to tell you is if you need to sue, smash the two Boom. ladies and gentlemen, uh, Bacchus and Shanker, they win for Colorado families. They're helping those who are seriously injured here in Colorado for more than 25 years. And it is free 
until they win you the money mm. for your case. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients. You know that you want to be a part of that that bag, right? They're going to get that bag, Heck yeah. right? Get that bag. <laughs> <laughs> dollars, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Uh, so you guys know what to do. If you need to sue, smash the two. Bacchus and Shanker, two, 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 two. Uh, find out if you have a case for free because Bacchus and Shanker, they win. They do win. Ah. And a week ago, Justin Simmons was winning off of Russell Wilson. I mean, yeah. there was a three-day stretch when Justin Simmons had an interception every single day off of Russell Wilson. Is it a coincidence that when Justin Simmons has been sidelined with a tweaked groin, that Russell Wilson's starting to heat up? I think you have to, you know, take that into consideration because um, Justin Simmons is that big of a threat. He's one of the best safeties in the league. He's going to put pressure on you. There's certain balls and throws that you're going to be a little bit more hesitant to make. Um, I think it's the same thing if Steve Atwater was back there yeah. or Ed Reed. Like, there's certain throws I'm just not going to make. I'm not going to put my guys in certain positions. And I think you have to take that into consideration. But luckily, he doesn't play Justin Simmons every week. Yeah. Um, I think he'll play lesser safeties every week um, throughout the schedule. So hopefully it looks a lot like this. I mean, that's exactly it, is he doesn't have to play Justin Simmons throughout the week. My guess is if Justin Simmons is on the field, Marvin Mims probably isn't pretty wide open, uh -huh. 37 yep. yards down the field. I don't think a free safety of Justin Simmons' quality, a.k.a. the best in the league, yep. is letting someone get open that deep when it is keep everything in front of you. Yep. But it doesn't matter because he's going to have to play Justin Simmons zero times this season. Um, but Justin Simmons, once again, not practicing today. Seems like a groin injury. Seems like a Seems. groin injury, according to um, someone that I know. Um, of course, he tweaked his groin. Yeah. And Cream uh, Jackson also not practicing yeah. today. Uh, we didn't get to talk to Sean Payton for the first time in training camp because the coordinator spoke today. So we didn't get injury updates. And today, unfortunately, would have been a good day to get injury updates. My guess is Cream Jackson, as Nathaniel Hackett called it, just having an old day. Uh, a vet day. Old get, man day. Get, getting a day off. Yep. yep. Um, what, what would you think of that if your head coach, instead of saying, yeah, Todd's getting a vet day, Todd's getting an old man day? Well, they're, they're old. <laughs> <laughs> Kareem Jackson has played for many, many years. Yep. He is old. He can still do it at a high level, yep. but he's old. So How old he, is Kareem? Is he 33? 30, yeah, he's no, up there. No, I think 35. 35? Yeah. I got to Google Entering his 14th training camp, I yeah. believe. His age doesn't speak to the fact of whether he can play or not, but he, but he's old. You know, it's funny. We talked to Caden Stearns last week, and Caden goes, yeah, I look at uh, Kareem like an older brother. No, an older uncle, because he's old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's 35. Exactly. 35, yeah. yeah. Isn't yeah. that wild? And K-Jack's my guy, so I love him, but he knows he's getting up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That so, day. So it was a vet day. I'm not worried about Kareem, but there are some guys that I'm worried about. Yeah, first Mike, one of the day. Mike, that was the Brandon Johnson. I think right? they both I mean, happened at like, like the same time. It was back to back. It yeah. was it wide receivers doing one on ones, yep. and then the offensive and defensive linemen doing nine on sevens. I guess I should say linebackers thrown in there as well, doing nine on sevens yep. on on the other field. And Brandon Johnson, did you see the actual injury? I, I think he was going up against Jaquan McMillan. Yep. And, you know, there was like a little pushing and shoving, like nothing over the top, nothing that you wouldn't see in training camp. Um, but I actually think he slipped. Yeah. And I know that they were looking. Can lower, I say lower below, body? below the belt <laughs> um, when he was on the sideline? So, yeah, I mean, that's concerning because Brandon Johnson, again, 
second year in a row, he's having a lights out camp. Um, and then he possibly is dealing with some kind of freak injury. Well, and so the question, something. the question was eight days ago, okay, who's going to step up in Tim Patrick's absence now mm-hmm. to be probably that Brandon not Johnson. just third receiver, but maybe second receiver. Yeah. And uh, it took a couple of days, but eight days later, it was Brandon Johnson. It yep. was number 89. I mean, in the two minute drills, number 89 was out there with number 10 and number 14 yep. as the receivers. And then he goes down. You're like, are you kidding me? And he was able to walk off, which was nice. Mm -hmm. We saw him walk off, but... It looked bad at first. I mean, he was down on the ground for five minutes. But think what happened for the next hour and a half. We were talking about Marvin Mims for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's it's that fast where you can get your your spot jacked, I guess I I would say. Um, Because Marvin had a huge day in this place. And honestly, just I know it's just one practice, so you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. But the way Sean Payton's been able to get a ton out of rookie receivers mm-hmm. uh-huh. in, in the past 10 years, Marvin Mims honestly may not look back. The, this might be his job just straight up right now because it's not like Marvin Mims was making plays in one-on-ones. He was making plays in the two-minute drill, exactly. which is the most important time, which is when coaches want to put guys in situations that are, that are tough. And, and Marvin came up big. So um, it's really unfortunate that Brandon had that injury, but this Marvin might just be running away with the job now. Yeah, I think he's really uh, showing them his big playmaking ability, which is why they drafted him. Yeah. I think this is what they wanted to see from him. And like you said, it takes one play for your job to be gone. And uh, although, although Brandon Johnson was having a good camp, you better rush back and get on that field, yeah. young man, because before you know it, you may not have a spot to go back to because Mims, he's lighting it up. He's feeling good. And as a rookie, you just need to start feeling like you could do this. You know, you yeah. have to feel like you can compete with the older guys or can compete at this level. And once you see that you can, I think, you know, you really take off from there. That was switch flips. Yep. A huge confidence boost for Marvin Mims, I think, today was. And then, like you said, in nearly the exact same time that Brandon Johnson went so down, we think Mike McGlinchey was rolled up on. I didn't yep. see the actual injury. Did you? I did, and he was rolled mm. up on. There was a really big dog pile situation happening in the middle, and – yeah, it was a little awkward. He kind of, you know, appeared out of a, a group of guys. There was about five guys that he uh, appeared through. But, um, yeah, it did seem like he was rolled up on. He also went to the side and then um, was able to walk off, but he didn't complete practice. Yeah, he didn't. And that's one. You're talking about a $17.5 million man mm-hmm. per mm. season. $50 million guaranteed. Talk this is that someone... Bag. That the Bronco, <laughs> big time, mini bags. Yeah. This is someone that you're talking about. The Broncos are relying on to be a huge part of their team this entire season. And to see him go down, really concerning. Again, we didn't get an update after practice. He did walk off the field under his own power. Yep. And it did seem like it was a, a lower leg injury because he was limping uh, as he walked off the field. But that's something that we're certainly going to get an update on from Sean tomorrow. Hope to just see... Mike McGlinchey out there tomorrow. Um, but this is one we have to keep our eye on. But Garrett Bowles also missed today with just a, yep. a vet rest day. Mm-hmm. So what made that two-minute drive even more impressive is it's backup tackles. I mean, you have Isaiah Prince and Cam Fleming as your starting tackles. That is a scary thing to think about <laughs> for the most part if you're a Broncos fan. And they held up enough, or Russ was able to work with them enough to go 73 yards downfield. So, I mean, this drive just gets more impressive the more you really break it down. Yeah, I think they they played well. I mean, they were able to put it together, and ultimately their team got uh, the score they needed. So um, they could step in, I think, short-term, 
yeah. and, and yeah. do what they need to until guys get back. But we're definitely missing the two starters. Um, and hopefully for him, it was just like a little tweak. Um, $17 million a year. I mean, yeah. we don't need you to come back out right now. We just need you for game yeah. game one. So just get healthy, get right, and then hopefully he's back. And those tackles are going up against Randy Gregory, Frank Clark, um, Jonathan Cooper, Nick Benito. And after practice, we talked to your guy, Vance Joseph, who, by the way, Vance seems so comfortable, yeah. uh -huh. which Confident. is, I wouldn't have been surprised, not, not for Vance, but for any coach, if this was just an awkward year, being the head coach, getting fired, mm -hmm. coming back is in a in a lower role, just being weird. No, it's the complete opposite with Vance. When he's on that podium, when he's talking to players, when he's talking with us off to the side, he is as comfortable as can be, which is what you need. But and I'm so glad to see. So that's just kind of a side note. But we talked to Vance, and he was talking about the pass rush, and he said this is one of the best pass rush groups that I've had in quite some time and the first thing that i thought of was wow mm -hmm. yeah what a statement Todd, you remember your pass rushers that vance had yeah and 20 uh what would that be 2017 so i guess he didn't have demarcus no, right he didn't have demarcus but he did have von miller yep shaq. he did have shaq barrett yep he did have shane ray mm -hmm. yep. um he did have interior guys Derek wolf was yep. there um i mean the guys that vance had with that group it was almost the Super Bowl 50 pass rush, which just incredible. And he's kind of saying, maybe he's going back to there, saying I haven't had these pass rushers since, since that then. team. Uh -huh. But it's like, whoa, you've had some literally Hall of Fame dudes. Yep. And you're talking about this group in a big way. That's huge to hear because this pass rush, I think, is the difference between this defense being top seven in the league and this defense being maybe a bottom 10 group because – you just have question marks kind of all over that group. Yeah, because that's that's a defensive coordinator's dream is to have two sets of guys that you can roll. Yeah. Because it's it's frustrating when you have the first group in there um, and they're getting good pressure, but the second group gets in and it's just stagnant. When you have two guy two groups that can really roll, and now you get offensive linemen tired, you bring the uh, the fresh guys in on third down to make some big plays. That's what um, I think he's dreaming about and thinking about. Um, as long as he doesn't start talking about he's had. Uh, these are the best <laughs> linebackers he's had in his whole career. I think I'm good with the compliment he's given to those guys. Well, you'd be happy today he didn't say that. <laughs> I will say Alex Singleton had a couple tackles for loss Ooh, today. He had yes, a great he day. Did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he continued. I mean, he might have a couple of sacks this year. Yep. I'm feeling a couple of sacks for Alex Singleton. I think this is going to be a huge year for Alex Singleton. What are your thoughts on the inside linebackers I think he's, right now? I think both of them are very talented. Um, I think that they're both smart guys. I think Alex Singleton has like flourished into his role a yeah. lot. Um, Josie Jewell, I think it's steady Eddie. He's going to give you and make the plays that he's supposed to make. Um, I think those two guys are really talented and they're going to play phenomenally this year. So I'm excited to see them. Alex Singleton, another big sky guy. So, you know, it's nothing <laughs> yeah. but love there. Um, so I think they're going to have a great year. How would you describe Todd Davis as an inside linebacker? We just got the breakdown Ooh. on Alex Singleton. We just got the breakdown on Josie Jewell. Yeah. What type of linebacker is Todd Davis? That's tough to, like, describe yourself. But uh, for myself, I think I was, you know, like a run-dominant linebacker um, that played well in the past. And I think that I made some big plays at times. And then I feel like I held my job down for the most part. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's tough to really describe yourself. But I say that's me. Yeah. Tough to describe, but he just didn't skip a beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I thought about yeah, this. Yeah, pre pretty modest, though. You, you could have been a little so higher modest. on yourself. Oh, man. I just, it's tough. I can't. Just, I, it's hard to describe yourself. Uh, that, totally. That's right. Were, were you a captain under uh, 
Was it Vance or was it Vic? It was Vance. It was Vance because Vic then, took captains away. Yeah, man. I'm like, this. okay, I was captain last year. For sure, I'm going to be captain yeah. again this year. Yeah. And we're sitting in the meeting. He's like, there are no captains. We're all captains. I'm like, I need that second star, man. Like, yeah. You're yeah. like, but I'm a captain, right? Exactly. Exactly. So that hurt because now I only had that one star on my uh, on my jersey. Yeah, so. yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Vic, Vic, it's a flag. So that hurt, sure. that hurt more than the music, though, right? Yeah, because for me, I feel like as an undrafted free agent, it's so much work to get to a level mm -hmm. where guys see you as a leader because yeah. those captain um, positions are voted on by your teammates. Yeah. So for you know the guys to choose me as the captain for a year, one year, it meant so much to me. But I had a good year that year, and I was still there. So it automatically <laughs> was like, I'm about to get another yep, year. Yep. And it got taken away from me, man. I felt like... That was tough. I feel like that was the, that was way tougher than losing the music. What yeah. else was taken away? Oh man, I don't know. It was everything. Like, uh, music at practice. Uh -huh. I mean, that. of course, everything music related was taken away. Yep. Um, fun. Fun was pretty yep, much off the yep, table. Yep. I remember one time I asked him because he's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yep. So like, I'm a big Office guy. Like I watch, <laughs> I maybe watch Office every night to fall asleep. There we go. And I I went and talked to him and I was like, Hey, did you like the Office? I know you're from Scranton. He's like. No, it's not really my thing. They don't really have the humor I like. I'm like, what kind of person doesn't like you the mean office? Just humor? Like, is humor in general? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah. laughing too much. Oh, that's crazy. So, yeah, he, yeah. I don't think he liked too much fun. He wanted to be all business, but I think to be a winning coach and an organization, you got to be able to blend the two. Yeah, I think this is where like Mike Shanahan had it figured out. Yeah. Where it seemed like those locker rooms, I spent a lot of time with Steve Atwater in my day uh, there over at the Broncos. And it seemed like there was a really nice balance of family and fun and constantly messing with each other. Guys pranking each other, filling yeah. their lockers with stuff, snakes and, you know, clothing bags and lockers, stuff like that. Yep. Like there was all kinds of fun happening. But Mike Shanahan was able to rally the troops and get everybody to really focus when it mattered most. But when they, I mean, there was what hat Fridays where they got to like, if they had a really good week, then they could like wear hats instead of helmets on Fridays, yep. which is like such a small little detail, but uh, like goofy hats, but goofy. Yeah, yeah. They could wear whatever hat they wanted. Yeah. And because of that, like that camaraderie was really high. And every guy that I've ever talked to that's won a Super Bowl always says that it's that family feeling. It's those are your brothers. You guys mess with each other, but you, you know, obviously have each other's backs when you guys are in the trenches together. And I think because I was obviously around during those Vic Fangio days as well, where it's like you just didn't feel it just because there wasn't there wasn't a lot of warmth uh -huh. going on. Right. I think Mike Shanahan probably had that balance. Yeah. Even even going back to your hat days on 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 Fridays before games, like with Coob and with Vance, like yeah. everybody would switch jerseys. So like I Fun. would be wearing like a running back's jersey <laughs> or somebody be a D lineman would switch with a wide receiver. Yeah. And uh Vic was like, nah, we're not doing that. Everybody keep your jerseys on. Like we need to know who you are. Like you know who we are. Like we're just having a little bit of fun throughout the day. But um yeah, he he wanted everything strict and tightened and by the book. And um I just don't know if it guys responded well to that. Yeah. I mean, putting the no fun in the NFL and the no fun league right there. Uh -huh. um, I will say from a media perspective, we definitely uh, re appreciated Vic doing that because it's impossible to tell what players are out <laughs> yeah. there from far away when we can't see your faces. And uh -huh. Todd Davis is wearing number three or something. Exactly. Okay. I think over the years here in Denver, as of late, we've really like run the gamut when it comes to Ugh. fun and yes. serious and mm -hmm. kind of all of it. So I guess as somebody who's played for Sean, where 
where does he fall on that spectrum? I think he's I think he's one of the uh, few coaches that knows how to balance it. Like he knows how to have you locked in into a meeting and to listen to the words I'm saying. But I also know how to. We're having a club after we win the game. Yeah, like, yeah. I club know yeah. club dub. I know how to do both. I know how to make it fun for our players, but also have them totally locked in and dialed in when I need them to. And when I can rem- we turn this into club dub? Oh, well, Ooh, I, before podcasts. Okay. I mean, yep. just all okay. the time, I but say. But like, the speakers are the size of this table, and there's like, what, six of them in there? Yeah. And, yeah. $40,000 worth, yeah, worth of, of speakers. speakers. Yeah. yeah. Real, I yeah. feel like. Real quick, we have a nice panel right here. Should we vote on captain of the podcast right now? Yeah, oh, I mean, you got to give it to the guy that's been the a captain, captain before. Right. It's just I didn't <laughs> us the new captain of the DNVR bro. I'm going home and coloring in that second star on my jersey. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get go. you a patch, and we'll just stick it on your shirt, whatever shirt you're wearing each day you're on the pod. Let's <laughs> just do stick it. it on there. I love you're it. a captain. I love it. And something else that we love here is our friends over at... Where are they over at? I don't know. You our friends me. over at, I believe it's... Foco, yes, it is Foco. Because I mean, just look at our set. We've got so many things from Foco, from bobbleheads, two little helmets, two hats, to these pennants that we've got behind us. Foco's got you covered. Whether you're talking Broncos, Nuggets, Championship gear, Avs, Championship gear, Rockies. You can even get old school Broncos Championship gear. I guess not that old school. 2015 is not old. Did you school. say Rockies no. Championship gear? No, it's the only one you can't say Championship I was gonna say. gear <laughs> with. I so, mean, does the NL pennant count? Because you won the NL. It's a championship. I mean, they've got that one pennant up there. It's the <laughs> NL champions, if it's baby. It's a banner. It's a banner. <laughs> like, yeah, no. but they've got it at Focos. You can probably find the NL West champions from 2007. You can probably find that. Uh, pennant over at Foco and use that code DNVR at Foco.com to get 10% off. Foco is a great place to go for gifts for someone because if they like sports, they're going to love it. So check them out over at Foco. Should we hop into the comment section? Talk Let's to do the it. people? Comment. Do Any it. super chats Really quick, hear? smash the like button, guys. Yeah, what are we we're doing? We're not even at 100? We've got Todd Davis and Alexis Perry Maybe on. Just Todd and we're Davis. not even at 100? <laughs> what are we doing? Hit us with... And... We're talking about Russell Wilson heating up. Yep. See, I love this. I'm taking Todd this personally right now. and the right Bronco now. media lady. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a name. I, I, don't, I don't even get acknowledged. That's true. How about that? You don't even uh, exist. Also, if you want to meet Todd Davis and Alexis Perry, we'll be here Friday night, yep. live from the um, bar. Come meet, come meet the whole gang. They'll all be here. And I'm excited. It's my first... You know, pre and post game, I've been hearing a lot of good let's things go. about the bar downstairs. Oh, I will be there. I will be in attendance, and I'm excited, man. It's you know what? I yeah. g- it, it's gonna be awesome. And and like you said, pre and post game, plus a game, plus Russell Wilson playing yep. 15 mm-hmm. to 18 plays. And uh, Todd's been out at practice, and he's been talking with some other media members. And uh, we're confined to a pretty tight space. As tight um, as it could be, yeah. Yeah, so you kind of just overhear conversations. And occasionally, I'll be talking with Alexis or talking with Henry watching practice, and I'll hear someone say to Todd, like, oh, over at DNVR. And I'm like, oh, no. What <laughs> advice is he going to get right now? And it's always been good. So it's always I'm good. like, Whew, okay, we passed that test. We passed that test. Um, we'll see if we pass Friday night's test with you, Todd. I think we will. <laughs> this is the place to watch a game, too. Yeah. yeah, so Friday night is the time. I mean, preseason games, kind of lame. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. At least we get starters this yeah. game. And, but it's a Friday night game. It's football season, though. Like uh-huh. it's, it's, I know it's preseason, but hey, it's football players in pads. It's the NFL, Broncos, Cardinals. Like, let's go. Like yep. At the end of the day, I know it's preseason, but it, it's exciting. 
It's here. It's almost here. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see what Jonathan Gannon, the Cardinals oh, head coach, Lord? said yesterday? He was asked about, I think, his rookie I was receiver. Gonna, I was going to bring that up when you were talking Pastor Dan earlier. Yeah, this is, I just think he's setting his receiver up for failure. He was asked about, I think it's his rookie receiver, like, how's he doing? Or how do you gauge how he's doing? And his answer was, well, let's see if he can get open against Pat Sertan. Mm. He's not going to. No. He's so not then wrong, what does that mean? That he's failing now uh-huh. as a rookie receiver? Dang. I so know. basically he's trash if he doesn't get open. <laughs> yes. But we already know he's not going to get open. Yes. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, the guy should just pack his bags and go home right yeah. now. Like, no need to play in the game on Friday. Yeah, no. Well, I'm going up against the best cornerback in the NFL. Yeah. The only guy that's had success against him in the past 12 months is Devontae Adams, yeah. who a lot of people say is the best receiver in the NFL. For sure. Do you agree with that? I think he's one of the best. I think he's top maybe three yep. for sure. He's a talented wide receiver. Um, you know, but everybody has an off day. It doesn't mm-hmm. make him not the best cornerback in the league. No, yeah. I, 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 can, I mean, first team all pro. Yep. Um, and he just raked in every single award last year. Deservedly so. So good luck to that rookie wide receiver. Your coach doesn't believe in you. Yeah, but. pretty much. And now everybody's fine. watching too. Everybody's gonna be zoned in on that matchup. Like, right. yeah. Now right. there's even more pressure on you to succeed. And man, oh, maybe tough. maybe Pat will be out there at like twenty percent because he's just out there to get the reps. And mm-hmm. you know, there's Pat's no, gonna throw he's not this, gonna go full this speed. kid a bone. Yeah, just like all right, I feel bad for you, buddy. <laughs> Although Pat's a kid too, he's like probably he, no, a he's year not. Older this is what this I was guy. saying earlier. He's a ten-year vet. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> but that's what makes it even more impressive is he's actually actually 23 years old uh-huh. yeah, and he no, feels like best. a 10 year but um okay let's hop into the comment section um wow a lot of likes in those past few oh, minutes let's you. keep them going That's we appreciate it not a super chat but i think there's a thing that we should strive for on friday andre f says if we reach 100 like we got to set the bar higher than 100 likes he says can we get zach to say stay off the weed did i say that right i don't know what he's referring to oh he's referring to who's the golfer no, Andre. No, it's Stephen A. Stephen A. keeps yelling. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Stephen A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no. Or if, you know, maybe a couple hundred likes on Friday's show, and it can be a weed kend. Uh-huh. You get it? Yeah, yeah. We did that. We weed did that for kind of. Okay. We, 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 should, we should also do maybe a shotgun hmm. beer for a certain amount of likes on Friday. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Which, yeah. we, which we, we have. I'm not drinking past. right now. <laughs> um, well, you're not allowed to come on Friday then. I know. Alexis actually be... isn't going to be here, so don't worry. That's why. She, that's not the reason she's going to be here. I'm not going to be, be here. here. I know. I have to work. This came wow. up so last minute. I know. Ooh. I know. I know. I'll be coming back from Houston. That's a flag. Throw the flag. Throw the, Throw the flag. flag. I know. <laughs> she's not drinking. She has to work. Wow. On a Friday yeah. night. On a Friday. I'll, I'll be on a flight. And I was hoping Even to get on one worse. earlier, but it looks like an 1108 landing. So mm. you know maybe what? I'll come here after. And if people are still hanging out, it's a Friday night. It's Place should still be packed. There so. could be 20 more Broncos games this season. More than 20 Broncos yeah, games this season. I'll be here. I'll be at all the other ones. Boom. I love it. All right. Let's hop into the comments on the okay. website. First one coming in from The Count, who uh, Todd yesterday, he was, that's pump- my guy. he was pumping you up. Yeah, and that's my guy. It continues. Okay. As a junior in high school, Todd had 161 <laughs> tackles. He's going way back. And four. 15 sacks. Jeez. He says, let that sink in. That's insane. So you said you were playing a little bit of end. Was yeah, it all but end? No, at that time, I had moved to middle linebacker. 14 sacks? Yeah. Dang. They rushed me a lot Ooh. because my first two years in high school, 
I play like D tackle and outside linebacker. So I rushed a lot like as a linebacker. Mm, yeah. So they weren't afraid to bring that blitz. No. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I that's did. every play apparently. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good year. It was a good year. That Shout out to the count, man. That's insane. my guy. We haven't met in person, but I feel like I know you, man. Oh, man. He knows count, you. He knows you. <laughs> the count is awesome. He goes on and says, all right, folks, if Russ were to improve dramatically from last season in only one of the following categories, which would you choose and why? Mm. So there's three categories. Short game, long game, and scrambles. Love the count. Which one are you taking, Alexa? Short game, long game, and scrambles. Long game. Yeah, I'm right with you. You take It takes a lot less long game. Uh, long deep ball throws to win a game than it does a uh, short game. Yep. So he, if he gets dramatically better in his long game, hitting Jerry Judy, hitting Cortland Sutton, hitting uh, Marvin Mims deep, I think that that takes care of a lot of the problems that we had last year. Okay, just to be different, I'm going to say scrambles. One, because that means he's confident getting outside the pocket. Or that he's under he's, duress. Or he's <laughs> under duress, which is probably going to happen. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Like it's probably I think there's going to be an improvement in the offensive line, but I I'm concerned with injuries. I have a lot of concerns when it comes to the offensive line. So I'm Fair. banking on Russell Wilson probably having to scramble a little bit more than we want him to. But if he's vintage Russ, that's OK. And usually those scrambles do turn in to the long game. Usually he goes deep. I mean, mm. not always, but there's a lot of, of moon balls when he scrambles. I mean, you don't get the pass to Marvin Mims without his scrambling ability. Exactly. Today. And so it was a 37 yard bomb and I liked it. It is fair. And those were just missing last year. Mm. That's yeah. what Russ was vintage at the scrambling and then throwing the deep ball for the first 10 years of his career. Yep. It was totally gone last year. So that's why I'm going to go. Don't say long short game. game. Long <laughs> game. I'm going to yeah. go long game just because, uh, I think that would just be huge. Yeah, for sure. Huge. All right, next one from Nash Bronco says, Fellas, I love the vibe Todd brings to the show. Hats off to you guys for adding a unique perspective to the pod. Perfectly well said, Nash. He says, Sounds like Russ had a better day today. Who are his favorite targets at this point in camp? Who would you say? Mm. Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy is is a is somebody he's looking at a lot, which is good because mm -hmm. Jerry Judy this he has to have a better year this year today i was talking with a couple media members i'm like is this the year where his how do i say this i can't say it exactly how i said it earlier um he needs to catch the ball and he needs mm. to catch the ball before turning and burning you know what i mean i think sometimes he's always like two steps ahead of his own game where he needs to finish and he needs to catch the ball um, and I, we've seen that a lot so far. How many drops has Jerry had? Maybe one, two? In team periods, yeah, not that many. No, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, we've seen a couple in one-on-ones. But, yeah, I mean, I just feel like Jerry Judy is probably going to be a go-to target. I think Greg Dulcich. I think Greg's going to have a big year this year. Um, I, I think so, too. And that's actually one thing that stood out to me about Russ so far in camp is it's not like we come on this pod and we're talking about another huge day from Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's been really spread out, and the names have been Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Greg Dulcich is right in that conversation. And maybe we're going to see Marvin Mims also yeah. pop in there because Brandon Johnson was also one of those guys over this past week that's really been in there. And that's very, very encouraging because yeah. you don't want a guy just spread locking on one yeah. wide receiver. That makes it really easy for a defense. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think, you know, Jerry Judy is supposed to have a great year. Um, I think, you know, what's frustrating about Jerry is that he's played well, but we know that he can be amazing. Yeah. And that's what we want to see from him. And so that's why the fans are frustrated. Not that he's just having terrible seasons because he's not. He's just not being the Jerry Judy that everybody knows he could be and that we've seen him um, at times be. 
and we just need that consistency from him. Greg Dosage, I think, came alive last year, and I think he's going to continue to get better as a tight end and really be an option and really be, um, you know, somebody that's not you can't match up with well. You don't want to stick a linebacker on him. You don't want to stick a corner on him. Like, what do you do against him? I think he's going to be a great outlet for Russell Wilson. Cortland Sutton, that's my guy. Mm. I think we need to get more balls to Cortland Sutton, more jump balls. We just need balls. Wait, timeout. We need footballs. We need footballs in his vicinity because he can make those catches. He has long arms. I think he's a great wide receiver. He just needs more um, opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And so Thank you, you for putting that so much more eloquently than yeah, I did. Yeah. I was like, oh, Jerry, Judy, da-da. And he's like, hold on, let me, let me save you. Appreciate that. See, Todd, the difference between you and me, you stopped yourself, took a step back. I just would have powered through and made a fool out of myself. So Yeah, I didn't want you guys to there. pause me on that. I had to pause myself. <laughs> um, Todd, we experienced something with Jerry, Judy yesterday where he was wide open in one-on-ones, mm. the ball's hanging in the air Mm -hmm. and you have to imagine he just thinking don't drop this don't Mm -hmm. drop this don't drop this and he dropped it and now it was one-on-one so it's not a big deal that's why we didn't talk about it yesterday um is there an equivalent for an inside linebacker in that situation is it like i don't know a, a hole's wide open and a running back's right there and it should be an easy tackle or the ball's floating in the air off a tip or something. Yep. Have you been in a situation like that and you just have too much time to think about how easy this is? Yeah, I think it's, you know, having a running back one-on-one uh, in the hole or in space or going up against Christian McCaffrey in space and you're like, don't miss this tackle, don't miss this tackle. <laughs> yeah. The more you think about it, the greater <laughs> chance it is that you're going to miss that tackle. And it's the worst. Like when you miss a tackle on a guy scot-free, and you're just you look up he's still running and you're yeah. just praying like okay somebody else tackle yeah, him because yeah, yeah. if he goes for 10 or 12 <laughs> yeah. more like that's not the end of the day right but if he goes for a touchdown yeah. off of my missed yeah. tackle yeah. it's yeah. over like my day is done yeah. yeah and then you know that everyone saw it yeah whether it's the missed tackle whether it's you know a wide receiver dropping a wide open pass in yeah. the end zone or something um i but- think leading up to this season what's good news is the fact that we haven't seen the Jerry Judy that we've all expected. The best part about that is that I think it really is all just mental for him. Mm-hmm. There's no physical ailments. There's nothing holding him back physically from being yep. the player who we know he is. He's still a young guy. I think this is his year where maybe his mental is probably in a better place. Yeah. Um, Cause if you think about his stuff, both on the field and off the field, he's been through kind of some, some difficult things. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think this is his year. Yep. I, I, I think so too. And I mean, you're ever going to have a, a good offensive coordinator to help you with that it's going yeah. to be sean payton who russell mm-hmm. wilson called like we've been saying on this pod uh one of the best play callers in nfl history and that's true in nine seasons with the saints he had a top five offense which is just wild do you guys think jerry judy has over 100 catches this year 100 100 mm. century club with that's tim going down i'll say yes I would say he, he'll he be in the 90s. I think there's a lot of guys, and like you talked about earlier, Russ is really spreading the ball around. Yeah. So I think with that being the case, I think he'll be in the 90s because we have other talented receivers. But 95 catches, that's a lot of catches. Yeah. 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 So you're taking ton. the under. I'll, I'll take, take the, the over. I'll, ta- I'll take the slide over. Okay. 
I better okay. be getting juice on Bet365 for that. <laughs> juice. That's, juice. That's a lot. All right, Give two comments juice. left. Arvada Luke says, okay, so it seems like we're getting a bit dinged up here in their practice. If we accept the premise that contract rep or that, that contact reps are good and sustaining injuries is okay because uninjured participants benefit from the contact, sh- contact, shouldn't we be bringing in more wide receivers so they can get up to speed? Seems like we probably should shore up that position with injuries occurring, especially since the offense has been bad and suffered the most from thin roster situations historically. For that reason, I wouldn't mind signing a couple more running backs. My guy Philip Lindsay is still available, he says. <laughs> Todd, Philip Lindsay? I love Phil, man. He was the uh, hometown kid I felt like never should have been let go of or traded. Um, I feel like he should have been a Bronco for, you know, most of his career because he had played so well um, with no quarterback, with a banged up offensive line, and was continued to go out there and perform. Uh, it was sad to see him go, and I wish that he would have been a Bronco for much longer. Yeah, I everyone listening to this show completely agrees with you, Todd. Yeah, um, no one wanted to see Phil leave, and the Broncos have made some moves at wide receiver. But it's guys like signing Michael Bandy, mm-hmm. Nick Williams, who's a Colorado kid, so maybe yeah. people should should like him. CSU Pueblo, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think Arvada Luke and a lot of Broncos fans are like, no, 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 no. Go sign Jarvis Landry's. Go sign the big Julio Jones, uh-huh. the big name guys. And to me, I used to be like that. But then you just see this every single year. Why are these guys still available? Julio Jones isn't Julio Jones anymore. Mm-hmm. Jarvis yeah. Landry's not Jarvis Landry anymore. There's a reason they're still available on August 8th. And mm-hmm. not just that the Broncos haven't signed them. No one that has. No, no one has. Uh-huh. And every Hall of Famer's career comes to an end. Every good player's career comes to an end. I think there's a reason why the Broncos aren't going after bigger name guys. Yeah, I think right now in the free agent market, you got uh, big names that have gotten old. And then you got a, y- a lot of young guys that are unproven. Um, so I don't think that you're going to find... Uh, the next best wide receiver to help your team out there in the free agent market right now. You may have some guys that can add more depth to the team, but as far as the core guys that you need to help you win, they're all in the locker room with you right now. Yeah, you can groom these guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think of a guy like Jalen Virgil. You know, Mm -hmm. we've seen some splashy moments from him um, and the few reps that he's gotten. And, you know, to give a guy like that a few more snaps, like, I wouldn't mind. See, I mean, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled on him and obviously the rest of this wide receiver room uh, during these preseason games. But I think, oddly enough, as much as it seems like that's kind of the position that the Bruggles struggle with in terms of depth, um, I think there is quite a bit of depth at the position. Mm-hmm. I'm biased. Yeah, maybe no, a little. I, I mean, just look at Brandon Johnson, mm-hmm. a guy that two yeah. weeks ago probably a lot of fans forgot about who he was. Now he was their third wide receiver. He was making mm-hmm. a name before, for himself. Before he went down, absolutely. Yeah. So that there, there are guys on the roster that probably right now are better than bringing in some of these names that everyone knows, but there's a reason why they're not signed. All right, last question coming in from Bronco Oilers says, the defense dominating practices has kind of been the theme for the past five or more years, but I'm curious if you think it has played a role in the offense's struggles. I know typically the thought is that playing a higher level of competition in practice will make life easier on game day, but do you think the defense consistently disrupting their groove carries over into Sundays? Mm, That's That's a a good good question. question. That's a good question. Well, I would say football is like 85% mental, and just like we talked about, um, you know, Jerry Judy and his game being more so mental as far as him elevating to that next level. Um, I think there could be something there with the offense constantly getting uh, worked and, you know, 
in practice. I don't know if they get the same confidence that they normally have. Um, you know, you're going up against a good defense. It's going to be tough for you, but uh, they may be lacking a little bit of confidence because if they don't do it in practice, when can they get the confidence to feel like they really can execute? I don't remember if it was Kubiak or Vance or both of them. They would at times, Von Miller would dominate training camp mm. practices so much. They pull where them the, off. Yeah, the <laughs> offense just wasn't able to get working mm -hmm. because Von would just be living in the backfield and Trevor Simeon wouldn't be able to get good reps because Von just in his face every play. So that wasn't the only that's why we struggled. <laughs> that, <laughs> was, that was the reason right there. And, and so midway through practice, they would say, Von, just take the rest of the day off mm -hmm. or, you know, take every other rep off or something like that. Did it ever happen where it was told to the entire defense? Like, okay, guys, let's be a little easier on this offense. No. Okay. And I don't think guys would have gone for it. <laughs> I think Vaughn's a nice guy. Um, so he would take the play and be like, all right, they can have that one because he knows he's going to get his. But the rest of the defense, that back end that we had, y'all yep. not getting nothing. <laughs> we don't care what these coaches say. Y'all better come ready to play. And so that's maybe a reason why at times in those training camps we saw – Instead of one on uh, ones versus ones, we'd see one versus two. Yes, yeah, it's yes, a way yes. of them saying, "Okay, I'm not going to tell Akib to to take it easy. Uh -huh. Instead, I'm just going to put some backups in there." Yeah, but it'd be tough when even those days the defense would win. Like that's when it was really bad. Oh yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's why this Friday night could be awesome. We could see Russ go out there in 15, 18 plays. He puts up 17 points. But the flip side, the Arizona Cardinals. Let's say they're playing their backups. Their backups are like third stringers mm -hmm. because they are so bad. The Broncos' first team goes out there and struggles. Oh, man, that's going to be bad. That's what you're saying, Don. Do I not mean, just put that. <laughs> well, I'm encouraged. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. encouraged with what we're seeing from the offense. And we're getting close. We are. One more practice, a real practice of training camp. Then Thursday, the team has a walkthrough. They fly to Arizona Thursday night. Then it starts on Friday night. It's time to go. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's time to go. We got a podcast tomorrow. And we also have a super chat coming in from One Hoop says, I got Sertan and Simmons autographs today. No DNVR autographs, though. Dang. Well, you didn't ask. We would have definitely given them, but that's awesome to get Sertan and Simmons. And I got to give a shout out to our guy, Jeremy, who came over to the media tent and said, What's up to Hank and I? So, Jeremy, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your time. He's actually going to stop by the bar later. So, he said hello uh, to me too. Oh, I got Alexis. one. I got one. Finally. <laughs> love it. Yes. We love you, Jeremy. We love everyone that's listening. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. We really appreciate it. Had a great show, friends. Let's see you tomorrow on the DMVR Broncos podcast.
you back one last time.